0: What's better than four in a row? Well, that's five in a row. The Broncos are on a heater, a five-game win streak after Sunday's impressive victory against the Cleveland Browns. We'll tell you what happened. We'll also tell you the biggest takeaways from the game all in today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The Denver Broncos are the biggest story right now in the National Football League with an incredible turnaround after starting one and five. They are now six and five on the season here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team Every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos Country for tuning in. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there who make us your first listen of the day, every single day. Just a reminder: you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you tap in with us every single day, all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside as always by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked NFL. That's LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sarah, we opened up the show with it. The Denver Broncos are the biggest story right now in the National Football League, and Sunday's impressive 29 to 12 victory over the Cleveland Browns helps solidify a chance that, hey, these guys believe in a potential turnaround, and look. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't easy, but the Broncos are continuing to find ways to grind it out, especially in what we called a dicey fourth quarter going into that final period.
1: Cody, I'm getting ready to watch my Iowa Hawkeyes in the Big Ten championship game, and let me tell you, that was a pretty win as far as uh, ugly and pretty wins go. I'm anticipating a lot more Big Ten-like games from the Denver Broncos this year, but you had to think going into a game against the number one-ranked defense in the NFL... Hey, to come away with 27 points offensively, of course they got to 29 with a safety there at the end of the game. To come away with 27 points, that is very big. I mean, the Broncos once again finding ways to create more drives, more opportunities for the offense, and I think we saw maybe the best we've seen the Broncos running game this season, Cody. It was really an impressive effort from them but this game really turned around in my opinion where it not necessarily turned around but kind of the momentum shifted in such a way that the broncos were kind of able to comfortably take over baron browning gets called for what i thought was a good looking hit during the game i think you would agree with me cody and even the broadcast crew which didn't earn rave reviews even the broadcast broadcast crew was saying that there's got to be there's got to be some give here for the defensive players Baron Browning puts a hit on backup quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who then goes out of the game, gives way to PJ Walker. The Browns botch a snap Broncos pick up a fumble. The ball don't lie, does it, Cody? I mean, that was the kind of the story of that moment, and the Broncos went down and scored a touchdown to go up by two touchdowns at that time. That was really the momentum shift that the team needed after that penalty to get that fumble, to get that turnover at midfield, and then the offense capitalizing like we haven't seen the last couple games.
0: (laughs) Well, let me tell you how egregious that call was, right? Watching it live, like it was on the side of where I'm sitting in the press box. Barron delivers a great hit. And people are saying he launched. He didn't leave his feet. His feet are on the ground the moment he makes contact. But Barron makes the hit. Barron runs off to the sideline. 10, 12, 15 seconds runs off the, you know, runs off of since it happened. Barron's sitting on the bench. I'm watching it. And all of a sudden the ref throws the flag. Like that's such a late call. And look, I hope Dorian Thompson Robinson is okay But the NFL, once again, we're going to go on a tangent. The NFL officiating is a joke. It wasn't just the Broncos game where we saw poor officiating. We saw it in the Bills-Eagles game in the primetime afternoon slot. It's just a bad product all around the entire national football league. Defensive players, it's not their job to protect offensive players. Offensive players are supposed to protect themselves. Coaches are supposed to teach those guys how to do it. Defensive players need to be able to hit the quarterback, right? And look, it's just another sore subject, but From that point, look, the Broncos defense, they were back out on the field, right? 15-yard penalty. They were pissed off. You could tell how pissed they were. They were in the huddle. They were fuming. And then the very next play, as you said, ball don't lie. You try to get fancy with a little double reverse, kind of similar to what happened to the Broncos against the Jets. DJ Jones pops it backwards and almost doesn't recover it, but somehow brows it in there. Huge momentum swing. And then you mentioned the offense capitalizing on it. I felt like Denver had a couple of good shots there. I think there was a, a penalty on that drive that backed him up a little bit, but it was like third and 15, third and 10, one or the other. And Russ just delivers a strike to Adam Troutman, who we at first like, oh, you know, did he get both feet in? See the replay and you're like, wow, he got that sliding foot in. You know, one knee is two feet according to the NFL rulebook. He also got a cheek down if we're going to count that. And that was it. The Broncos like, okay, hey, this is the moment. Because coming into that moment, Denver was up 17 to 12 by the time that the Browns were still trying to drive there. And then that, that touchdown right there made it 24 to 12, a huge swing here and Denver capitalized. And then after that, Sarah with Dorian Thompson, Robinson, out, PJ Walker in and knowing that the Browns needed to throw the football, they needed to air it out. The Broncos defense, they dialed up the pressure, Nick Benito coming up with the sack and then PJ lock making a great play lining up in the slot, showing coverage, doing a great job disguising pressure off the edge on fourth and 15, knocks the ball you know, at PJ Walker's hand, sacks him, turnover on downs, fumble recover, where do you have it? Denver gets the ball back. They kick a field goal. And then the defense dialed it up once again. Zach Allen coming up big with obviously a sack that led to a safety. And heck, even Drew Sanders getting a sack in this game. So Denver's defense really turned it up. But Denver really solidified themselves in this game, Sarah, in the fourth quarter. Because in the second and the third quarter, it was a little dicey there. They found a way to run away with it. And you know what we say? That's how good teams find ways to win games. You find a way in those moments where it's like, hey, you don't know if you have the momentum fully, but you find a way to grasp it. That was huge for the Broncos in this game.
1: It's just a well-coached team, which we're not really used to in Denver, unfortunately. Did we I say mean, that six frankly, weeks ago? Uh, exactly. And yeah, there are a lot of people calling for some heads six weeks ago, which you know, hey, we're we talked about it on the show. We talked about whose heads need to roll and things like that. But look. Sean Payton has turned things around. The Broncos were the aggressor in this game. If you go back and you, you re-listen to our keys to the game, what did we talk about? We talked about the Broncos needing to come out strong in this game and put it on the Browns right away. Like That's the number one defense. You need to find a way to get a two-score lead immediately. And that's exactly what they did. And the game played into their favor all throughout the course of these four quarters. I know the Browns, they traded Barbs a little bit, Dorian Thompson-Robinson kind of out there making throws that I didn't know he could make, Cody. I mean, those, were, those weren't on the UCLA tape. He was making some Pro Bowl-level throws out there. I'm not trying to hype him up to make the Broncos seem better either. I mean, he was, he was making some really good throws in this game, and the Broncos had to deal with that. They had to deal with that adversity of, hey, we got a rookie quarterback down by two touchdowns, and now they're kind of clawing their way back into the game. What do we do? You have the momentum shifting plays. You reestablish the run. You make some aggressive throws downfield and you capitalize. You don't quit on that running game. You and when you stick with it, when you when you're the aggressor. I mean, the Browns literally left this game Cody bloodied, battered, broken down. I mean, Amari Cooper left the game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson left the game. I heard Miles Garrett was in a sling after the game. Is Zadarius Smith left the game. I mean, I'm not saying you want to see injuries by any means. And mm-hmm. of course, we want those players to be healthy and we want to see them playing at their fullest. But man, the Broncos physically just dominating a game like this. When is the last time that we saw something like that? And they needed it big time against a team that's number one in the NFL in every category defensively. It's been a
0: while there since we've seen that there. And look, the Broncos defense continuing their trend of impressive play. We'll talk about what the Broncos defense did really well in this game coming up here in just a moment here on Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and most of all for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of a job posting. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and even quicker. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. Once again, that's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've ever been through a time like the holidays, it's always a tough time for so many people. BetterHelp is a great option for you to find resources that will connect you, not only just to other people, but to yourself here. And this time of the year, like I said, it can be a lot and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. That's what I utilized BetterHelp for last year when I was going through a career change, a move change, life changes. I didn't have all the answers, but BetterHelp made it easier for me as I sat down with my therapist one-on-one at my own convenience, and that's why I like BetterHelp. That's why I recommend them. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and flexible and best of all, suited to your schedule. All you do is you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you and your therapist don't vibe well, you get connected to somebody else without any additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel
1: com slash locked on. We may have just witnessed the most complete game by the Denver Broncos this season. I know Sean Payton's been searching Cody for that perfect game. I wonder how long he drove around the parking lot after another dominant performance by the defense in this game against the Cleveland Browns as the Broncos improve to six and five. They are above. 500 Broncos country and we can't thank you enough for being part of this journey with us. If you're an everyday listener of Lockdown Broncos, man, we can't say thank you enough. And we're so appreciative of you listening free and available anywhere that you find podcasts, as well as you can watch Cody and I on YouTube and you can join the discussion there as well. So jump in the comment section, yet another victory Monday here on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channel. So Jump over there if you don't already, but Cody, this was a dominating performance by the defense. I know they had some bend, don't break moments throughout the game, and there was the one touchdown drive by the Browns, but really you felt like getting that early advantage. I mean, they set the tone right away, three and out to start off this game, and that was kind of the tone that was set all throughout. The Broncos were the aggressors. Yes, they had some moments, but... What was your perspective on the defense from from watching as uh, you know up close and personal as you were? It just felt like they were playing fast. It feels like they're playing so smart, aggressive. They're they're really on same page with Vance Joseph. What's your perception from from the bird's eye view?
0: I felt like there was a sense of urgency coming in this game. Not to say that there hasn't been a sense of urgency in the other games, but I think for the last two games where Denver has struggled to stop the run, Sarah, that was the big emphasis, because this was the third-ranked rushing offense in the NFL. They averaged 142 yards on the ground between Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. So the, the idea was Denver is going to come out in just their base defense, and they were like, all right, we're going to rally. We want to force Dorian Thompson-Robinson to throw the football a little bit. They were okay with that. They were going to live with that, but the game plan coming in, was to stop that rushing attack there. And Denver did just that. They held the Browns to 107 total yards on the ground. Now, And that second and third quarter, they started to get the run game going a little bit. It wasn't there in the first quarter, but in the second quarter, it started to get going a little bit, even though that they were down 14-0. There's still so much time in the game. And all of a sudden it started to, okay, hey, they're gashing us in the run. Now we're going to have to play tighter, which means there might be some spots for Thompson Robinson to take some shots in the passing game. They connected on some crossing patterns, some out routes and some corner concepts. But for the most part, you know, the game plan was come out and stop the run. And I thought Denver did a really good job in that. Once again, Alex Singleton leading the the Broncos in tackles with 10. P.J. Locke luckily returning to the starting lineup here, coming up with seven tackles, including on that first drive. We talk about that pass breakup that he had on third down. I mean, there were two plays. He had a tackle, and he had a PBU on third and seven. That was huge, not to mention he would to come away with a big sack that would obviously impact the outcome of this game in the fourth quarter. I just think that Denver's defense even though they face some adversity at times in this game, Sarah, you and I have talked about it. What is the trend? And I I know just even like a few weeks ago after the chiefs game, you and I were talking about in here We're both saying, can they keep up the trend of forcing turnovers at the rate that they are? Well, Sarah, they have, I mean, I think, what is it through the last four games, Denver's defense has forced a total of 16 total takeaways. That is impressive. And that's not even counting the stops that they've made on fourth down. If you count the stops made on fourth down to force a turnover on downs, they're well over 20 plus total stops and takeaways in the last four games. They are playing at a really ridiculous level in this game, Sarah. And more importantly, they came up big when
1: necessary on third down. They did. I mean, they forced the Browns offense to just two of 13 on third downs. I know the Browns converted that fourth and inches and they had a couple moments there, but man, two for 13 on third downs, you will take, if you could take that going into a game and say, Hey, your defense is going to be two of 13 on third downs. I mean, you are taking that absolutely every single time. And it really felt like that. Like I said, from the beginning, it felt like the Broncos were the ones forcing the issue on, on third down. And yes, the Browns came out slinging the rock in this game, which played into the Broncos advantage as well. If if they would have come out, running the ball Cody I mean they had some success there on the ground once again where the Broncos continue to be a, a bit uh, of a liability or have a, a bit of a liability there in terms of their overall defense but look I mean that's a molehill compared to the mountain that was earlier in the season I mean this is three turnovers forced one out of three for the Browns in the red zone the Broncos buckled down when it would have been you know, I guess easy is the word to let Cleveland score when they had opportunities there inside the ten, and you limit them to really short field goals from Dustin Hopkins. So i I'm really encouraged by this Broncos defense. and, yeah, you're right. It's no longer a question of whether this is sustainable or not. It's more of a question of, okay, Who's going to get the turnovers this week? Is it going to be Jaquan McMillan? Is it going to be, you know, Zach Allen, DJ Jones? Where What's the bingo card look like there? I, I mean, I feel like for this particular game, you almost filled out the entire bingo card, didn't you? You had everything but an interception. You got a safety, you got a strip sack, you got a recovered fumbles, you got this, you got that. I mean, the Broncos defense, Cody, they're finding ways to do it, and they're doing it creatively. You've got Nick Benito as a spy. You've got Drew Sanders as a spy. You've got Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper causing problems off the edge. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton blitzing. P.J. Locke, like you've mentioned, Jaquan McMillan was sent on blitzes in this game. I think it's only a matter of time now before we see maybe Riley Moss being sent on those blitzes as well. So, This is an exciting, exciting defense. The pieces are all there. Everybody's healthy for the most part. You've got such a good thing going on that side of the ball right now. And now get another game here in week 13 against another rookie quarterback. And I'm going to call him that, Cody. not going to talk about no Pro Bowl MVP rookie of the year stuff uh, that he's deserving of CJ Stroud there. He's another rookie quarterback standing in your way.
0: 100 percent. Look, he's playing some really damn good football. They lost a heartbreaker at home, obviously, this on Sunday, and that's going to be a tough place for Denver to play. But you know what? Denver's got heat right now. They got fire. We said it. They're the biggest story. They're the hottest story right now. I think, what is it? It's them and the Philadelphia Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, have are on five-game win streaks right now. So they are the cream of the crop right now, right now in the AFC and the NFC, and it's a great story for them to continue to build on here. But you know what time it is, Broncos country? It's time that we hand out... Our game balls. I chose a player on offense and defense. Sarah chose a player on offense and defense. And you're more than likely, you're inclined if you want to share it down below or share with us on social media if you're listening wherever you get your podcast what you think as well in terms of who gets a game ball on offense and defense. We're going to dive deep into that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos game report is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And Price Picks, as you all know it, is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. They're the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers there. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo, three-pointers made, Plus receptions on top of that prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries, they stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So make sure you check it out today. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. You get a game ball. You get a game ball. In Broncos country, yes, you get a game ball, too. You brought the noise. You brought the electricity at Empire Field a mile high in the Broncos' 29-12 to 12 victory over the Cleveland Browns. Thank you so much once again for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Once again, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So while I say that Broncos country gets a game ball, so I do want to touch on how electric it was. Like usually we all know that, you know, if you've ever been at the stands at Empower Field, or sometimes you see it on the broadcast that the cameras are shaking, it was shaking quite a bit. It was loud. It was raucous, especially in that fourth quarter. So I think we have to give an honorary game ball out here to everybody in Broncos country that showed up and they showed out, they brought the noise, even though there were 9,000 no-shows. I think that had something to do with the cold there, but Broncos country, they still brought it. It was great to see the atmosphere right now in Broncos country, It's electrifying, and we felt that on Sunday's game here. But let's get into our game balls here, Sarah. Let's both start off on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to let you kick things off here, my friend. If you have to give a game ball to anybody here for the Broncos on the offensive side of the ball, who are you giving it to and why?
1: Well, I'm giving it to Sean Payton because he's not giving one to himself. I'm sure of it, Cody. And I (laughs) think Sean Payton deserves a game ball because, look, I mean, he's the catalyst for this This five-game winning streak that we see the team currently on. And really, I mean, when you look at just this individual game, the way that it was broken down, like I said earlier, really you you battered and bloodied the Cleveland Browns in this game on, the, on with the running game. You really emphasized that when you needed to throw the ball you know who was really neutralized in this game was Miles Garrett with zero QB hits, zero sacks. I know he had the awesome pass deflection where he kind of just bullied his way back into Russell Wilson's face. But other than that, I mean, really did, uh, Miles Garrett, Cody, he was just not, not really making a huge impact in this game. Maybe he was playing injured as we found out. He was maybe injured after the game. Maybe he was playing hurt a little bit. But even if that's the case, you neutralized arguably the best defensive player in the game. And especially when Russell had to drop back to pass, I mean, 95 was not in the mix very much for the Cleveland Browns there. So John Payton finding a way to neutralize miles Garrett, to establish the run, to utilize both Javante Williams and Samaj Perine Ryan to get, man, we we saw the jet sweep was effective this week. You knew the Broncos were winning when you saw Marvin Mims get positive yardage on the jet sweep. Right? So, really just pulling all the right strings at all the right times. In my opinion, Sean Payton gets a game ball.
0: I like that. I think that's a good point there. And and look, the turnaround, I, I think a lot of people now, you know, there's some questions at one and four, one and five. Was, was it really worth a first round pick in Sean Payton? I think now it's like, yes, it's a resounding yes. Like, yeah, this is coaching matters. And he's made a huge difference so far in this turnaround. And the team has responded in tremendous fashion. I think that's a great game ball. I'm going to go with Samaj P. Ryan. I'm going to give him a game ball in this game. And I feel like this is the first time this season where we really saw Samaje become a big part of the Broncos' run game. Now, I think a little bit early on, it was a little forced. Javante Williams left the game with a neck injury. He ended up returning to the game, but Samaje started getting off some big runs here. I mean, he finished the game here with seven carries for 55 yards, averaging 7.9 yards per carry, including a touchdown that would help the Broncos have a 14-0 lead early on in this game in the first half there, including a 24-yard scamper. But not only that, you just see the reliability and pass protection. Denver obviously knew that, hey, we got to worry about Miles Garrett trying to wreck our game plan in terms of pressuring and coming through and backing us up in a long field situations. And when you face a guy, a pass rusher like that, who's so potent, strong, and physical, it could lead to more holding calls. So I think Denver, the idea, get the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands quickly, take some shots when necessary. I thought Russ did a pretty good job in this game overall. Some people are going to look at his stats and be like, well, 13 to 22 for a buck 34. Doesn't matter. He threw a touchdown. The Broncos won the game. He did have one turnover where I think Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa came in and punched it out. But Denver responded there. But Samajay Piran, in my opinion, helping get the Broncos' run game going. He and Javante Williams combined for over 100 yards between the two of them. We saw Russ get involved there. Denver's rushing offense in a win, 169 yards. Nice.
1: Nice. Very nice, Cody. Yeah, Russell Wilson was on point in this game for the Denver Broncos. That was fun to see. I mean, I love the little, uh, he did a little head fake on his touchdown run too. That was the, the guys out there having fun, isn't he? I mean, you love to see that from Russell. He's making great throws off script in the red zone. He made another great throw that wasn't caught by Cortland Sutton right before the Adam Trotman touchdown as well. So yeah, I mean, it was a fun game from him and defensively, Cody, I I don't know about you. I got to give a game ball to Vance Joseph. I mean, 16 and a half. The coach's game ball show. The coach's game ball shows 16 and a half points dating back to that Kansas city chiefs game on Thursday night, which was a loss in which the Broncos gave up 19 points that including that game, we've seen six games over the last seven weeks, 16 and a half points allowed on average in those six games. So Hey, I mean, the Broncos defense has not just turned it around like they've played a stretch now of dominant. The majority of the season has now been dominant defensively, which think back to that Miami game. I mean, how? At what point did we ever think we'd be able to say, "Now nah, the Broncos' defense is going to dominate"? At some point, just just you watch. Not even the crate. nobody was drinking the Kool Aid or wearing the orange glasses was saying that about the defense. Probably not even Vance Joseph at that point of saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna start dominating." Just just you watch. No, it, Vance Joseph. He's deploying the right personnel. We're seeing a, a awesome timed blitz calls. They're forcing turnovers. They're playing as a cohesive unit. Him and his staff on that defensive side doing a tremendous, tremendous job.
0: Broncos defense standing on business, as they say, as they posted out. Four sacks, three total takeaways, seven quarterback hits on the afternoon for the Broncos team. That now improves to six and five, obviously winning five straight games here, 29 to 12 over the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to give my defensive game, but I'm going to give it to P.J. Locke. I think his return in this game was big. As we talked about the second leading tackler behind Alex Singleton, he had six tackles, a couple passes defense, I didn't like the penalty flag that was thrown against him in this game early on, too, that kept a Browns drive alive. That led to them obviously scoring a touchdown, their only touchdown of the game. But you know what? You're going to live with things like that. I thought in pass coverage, he did a good job against the run. He did a good job coming up and filling. And then just as we talked about to open up the show, his disguise like he's playing perfect in alignment coverage on the tight end or wide receiver, whoever it was, doesn't show any indication. Bang, times it perfectly, comes free, strip sack on fourth down. Like, P.J. has been so big for Denver this season, stepping up without Kareem Jackson. And look, I think coming into this game, that was the question. Is he going to be healthy? If he doesn't play, what is it going to look like with Delarian Turner, Yale? P.J. Locke has really earned, I think, not only just credence for the rest of the season, but look, I think that P.J.'s playing himself into, hey, This guy could be the safety next to Justin Simmons next year for the Denver Broncos. I'm giving him a game ball. His return was crucial, and it was big in a big-time way when the Broncos needed it most in Sunday's victory here. Broncos countries, you're watching along, you're listening along on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Let us know who you are going to give a game ball on offense and defense. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, you can always get with us on social media at Cody Work NFL on Twitter, unfortunately, and threads and at Sarah Bettinger at Locked On Broncos. Let us know your game ball recipients. But hey, another victory Monday. We'll have you covered here this week on Lockdown Broncos, setting up for a big game against the Houston Texans, in early game next week, primetime morning CBS kickoff. We're excited for that, but for the Broncos, it's a big opportunity for them to get another win, and not only that, get tiebreaker scenarios toward the end stretch of the season where Denver could jump into the wild card as soon as next week. Sarah Bettinger and myself will have you covered every step of the way this week here on Lockdown Broncos. With that said, celebrate at Broncos country. We'll see you tomorrow.